A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state? The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm so glad that you're with us on the program today. I wish I had better news to report because we're going to be talking about the one of the latest gun control bills dropping in uh, California. There are a number of gun control bills being introduced around the country, by the way, uh, at both the uh, state and federal level. Uh, make sure that you're checking out BearingArms.com throughout the day for uh, more information. We've got a, a story about a bill uh, just introduced at the uh, congressional level by Representative Sheila Jackson Lee of Texas that would not only establish a nationwide gun registration system, but would make it publicly available for uh, anybody and everybody to peruse just to find out. You, know, you want to know if your neighbor's a gun owner or where there might be some guns around to steal? Yeah, Sheila Jackson Lee wants to uh, give criminals a a publicly accessible database where they can target homes for theft. I mean, it's absolutely absurd, but uh, that is unfortunately not the only bad bill that's uh, popping up in Congress. Uh, we've got a, a story at uh, Bearing Arms coming out this afternoon about another attempt uh, to establish a gun registry, this time a decentralized encrypted database that still doesn't address the concerns of gun owners, by the way, nor would it actually have any impact on uh, criminals who aren't going to be registering their illegally obtained and illegally possessed firearms. Uh, but in California, there is a new bill out that would uh, just dropped a couple days ago, as a matter of fact, that would ban gun shows from all state property uh, across the uh, state of California. Dave Min is a, a state senator from Irvine, California. He said on Twitter last year, I made a campaign promise that if elected the first bill I would introduce would be to end gun shows at the Orange County Fairgrounds. He said, well, after researching the issue, I decided to go further and end gun shows on all state property. So this is not an outright ban on gun shows in the state of California, but it is a de facto ban on gun shows in the state of California because the vast majority of gun shows that take place in the state take place at fairgrounds, the, uh, the Cow Palace in San Francisco, uh, it doesn't take place in a little tiny strip mall, right? You need a big facility in order to host thousands of people. Uh, and these gun shows in California typically draw thousands of people. You need a space that's big enough for vendors to set up their tables and things of that nature. So that precludes most private property uh, from hosting a gun show. Right. Most of these, again, are going to be taking place on state property. And so if Dave Men's ban were to pass, uh, the vast majority of gun shows in the state of California, I, I think, would be impacted by this. Now, he went on to say in a release, Senate Bill 264, that's the uh, the bill itself. He said, we'll effectively end the, quote, gun show loophole. Um, there is no gun show loophole in California. There, there is no gun show. The, the, the quote-unquote gun show loophole doesn't really exist in the first place. But what Senator Min is talking about is, uh, you know, supposedly you go to a gun show and if you're buying from an FFL, then you've got to go through a background check. But if you find just a guy who's selling a gun from his collection, well, then you don't because he's not a federally licensed firearms dealer. And so private transfers, again, don't require background checks under federal law. They do however, have to take place under state law in California. There's no such thing as a private transfer in California unless, or no such thing as a legal private transfer anyway, unless that firearm has gone 
uh, or at least, unless, excuse me, unless the buyer of that firearm has gone through a background check and the required 10-day waiting period. That's the law at gun shows in California. Every firearm sold at a gun show in California, the buyer goes through a background check and is subject to the 10-day waiting period. That's already the law. Now, most Californians probably don't know that. I'm pretty sure Senator Min knows it, but I don't think he wants his constituents to know it because he's just out there regurgitating as many anti-gun talking points as he can. It'll effectively end the gun show loophole. Eliminate the sale of ghost guns, straw party sales, gun thefts from careless vendors, and other unlicensed conveyances of firearms that all too often occur at gun shows. What's he talking about? Unlicensed conveyance. Basically, he's saying that the laws are broken at gun shows in California. Even the law enforcement is present at every gun show in California. This is a solution in search of a problem. Uh, but what it really is, honestly, it's not just an attack on the ability to buy a firearm. It is an attack on the Second Amendment community in the state of California. Let's go back to his uh, statement here. Min said, uh, quote, This bill also signals decisively that the state of California will not lend its endorsement to the proliferation of more guns into our communities, which are already plagued with gun violence. In other words, Dave Min is saying, hey, this serves as proof that we don't want you to own a gun, even though it's your constitutional right to do so. We want to make it as hard as possible for you or anybody else to acquire a firearm in the state of California. We're not talking about the proliferation of firearms. We're talking about the exercise of a constitutional right here, Senator. And you're on the record now as saying you think that constitutional right is a bad thing. And the Californians, presumably, who are exercising that right are bad people. Men went on to say, when kids across the state, including my three children, return to an in-person instruction later this year, they'll once again have to go through the terror of active shooter drills. That's just wrong. Well, they don't have to. Seems to me like if you're bothered by active shooter drills in your kids' schools, maybe the proper recourse is to talk to your local school board rather than try to ban gun shows across the state of California, which won't do anything to reduce the potential for violent crime. Uh, men went on to say, going back to this uh, statement here, our county fairgrounds are supposed to be family-friendly venues, long associated with wholesome events like County fairs, 4-H events, rodeos, and music festivals. But instead, in recent years, they've become most well-known for gun shows. So gun shows aren't wholesome, according to Senator Men. Which is funny. Now, I listen, I'll be honest with you. I haven't been to a lot of gun shows in California. I've been to one it was several years ago. It was at the state fairgrounds up in Sacramento. And uh, I saw a lot of families there, Senator Saw a lot of moms and dads and sons and daughters walking around, having a good time, eating corn dogs and checking out the, the wares. So the idea that the exercise, again, Senator Dave Mitt, says gun shows aren't wholesome. They're not like 4-H event. Do you think Senator Mitt knows about the 4-H shooting sports program? <laughs> I'm guessing he probably doesn't. And if he did, he'd probably try to ban that too. But Dave Mitt says that the exercise of a constitutional right, not wholesome. Going to a gun show, not wholesome. Being around your fellow gun owners, talking about the gun control laws that politicians like Dave Men are putting forth and organizing opposition to that, not wholesome, according to the senator. Uh, he says, this needs to change. 
And this bill would accomplish that change. While the Second Amendment allows for the well-regulated sales and purchase of firearms, it does not require that taxpayer-owned properties be used to facilitate those transactions. Uh, actually, the Second Amendment allows for the right of the people to keep and bear arms. And it says it shall not be infringed. It doesn't say anything at all about well-regulated sales of firearms. It's the right of the people to keep and bear them that is protected by the Second Amendment. And this is an attack on that Second Amendment right. Here's a, uh, a piece of the actual legislation. It's a very short bill, by the way. It's only one page long. And about half of it is taken up with, whereas we think guns are bad, and whereas we want to do something about guns and gun shows, and whereas, you know, that type of language, right? But here's sort of the meat of it. Uh, in direct response to this community concern, Assemblymember Todd Gloria passed AB 893 into law. This was last year banning gun shows from the Delmarva Fairgrounds, set in a precedent for gun show legislation in California. Gun shows bring grave danger to a community, he writes. And the following dangerous incidents, among others, have occurred at gun shows, including but not limited to an official vendor accused of trafficking legal fi illegal firearms, sales of firearms to individuals registered in the Department of Justice Bureau of Firearms Armed Prohibited Person System, and illegal importation of large-capacity magazines. Promoters, he says, maintain relationships with a core group of vendors, some selling guns and some selling other merchandise, who travel as the schedule dictates from city to city and from state to state. And in the West, for example, many of these same vendors can be seen at crossroads of the West gun shows from San Francisco, California to Tucson, Arizona. Okay. So what? So you got vendors who travel from gun show to gun show and they, they make their living doing that. There's nothing wrong with that might be easier for them to, uh, to do that than set up a brick-and-mortar store. Maybe they, maybe they like to travel. But there's nothing illegal about that. As for the illegal activity that uh, Senator Men says has happened at gun shows, it seems to me like those incidents were caught since Senator Men knows about them and we've got documented evidence that they took place. Just because a law may be broken in a parking lot somewhere or maybe some vendor decides that they're going to violate the rules doesn't mean that we shut down gun stores. I mean, that's like saying that if a convenience store clerk somewhere sells a six-pack of beer to somebody who's 16, we got to close down every convenience store in the state of California. Right? I mean, that would be absolutely ludicrous. Maybe a dispensary. Uh, sell somebody to sell some pot to somebody using a fake ID. You think, you think Senator Men would be on board with shutting down every dispensary in the state of California? I mean, he might be. I don't know how he feels about marijuana legalization, but I'm pretty sure there'd be some objections to it. You know, if there are folks who are not following the law, then arrest them. But the idea that we're going to shut down every gun show on public property uh, in the state of California because we think guns are bad, uh, let me tell you what, Senator, that's going to lead to the same type of litigation that we saw uh, when there were attempts to shut down the, um, the gun show at the uh, Delmarva Fairgrounds. And there was litigation, actually. So originally what happened with that back in, I think it was 2019, Delmarva Fairgrounds decided that, uh, which is a state-owned property, but it's got like a, a board of commissioners, they decided we're not going to host any more gun shows. Uh, they were sued. There was a settlement uh, in that lawsuit. And then uh, Assemblyman Gloria 
got his bill banning gun shows from the Delmarva Fairgrounds through the assembly. But by the time that happened, basically all gun shows in the state have been shut down because of the COVID restrictions anyway. So Gloria's law is being challenged right now. And I can assure you that if Senator Men's uh, legislation were to become law, that too would face an immediate court challenge. I happen to think that um, the odds are good that this law would be tossed. But of course, there's no guarantee that that would be the case. And frankly, even the threat of litigation doesn't seem to matter to Senator Men because he's moving forward with this bill. He believes it's fine and dandy to try to uh, shut down legal commerce in firearms because he doesn't like the idea of people buying and owning guns and using their Second Amendment rights, exercising those Second Amendment rights. And don't forget, California, we've seen gun sales go up in 2020, along with the rest of the country. You may recall the pictures from gun stores in California or outside of uh, gun stores in California in uh, March of last year when the first lockdown orders were implemented. And even in Los Angeles County, you had lines stretching around the buildings of these uh, gun stores because even though California has some of the worst gun laws on the books, California also has a lot of gun owners, and frankly, more than they did this time last year. So again, this bill just introduced, Senate Bill 264, uh, California has an anti-gun supermajority in both chambers of the legislature. So this bill very easily uh, could get to Governor Gavin Newsom's desk. I have no doubt that Governor Newsom uh, would sign this bill if it gets to his desk. Again, I have no doubt that there would be litigation that would follow. Uh, but if you are a California gun owner, it is important. It, you might feel it's futile, but it is still important for your lawmakers to hear from you. And you need to ask them why it is that they want to shut down these uh, events where... Not only are people able to acquire a farm under California's restrictive laws, which include that 10-day waiting period, magazine restrictions and everything, but why they want to shut down events where thousands of gun owners can gather together and talk with one another uh, and, again, can be a part of a community of responsible gun owners. I don't care if Dave Men likes the Second Amendment or not. It really doesn't matter to me. But he needs to recognize it. And California Democrats need to recognize it too. Because all you do when you are willing to violate the constitutional rights of your residents in order to try to push gun ownership into the shadows, you don't eradicate gun ownership. That's not what happens. Instead, you create a culture of unlawful gun ownership. We saw this in Washington, D.C. in the 1970s when the District of Columbia banned handguns in 1976. Did handguns disappear from the streets of D.C.? No, they did not. In fact, violent crime and homicides began soaring because criminals didn't care. But the culture of legal gun ownership in Washington, D.C., which was never that strong to begin with, to be honest, was largely eradicated. 
Saw this in Chicago, Illinois, too, in the 1980s, when their handgun ban got put in place. And we're still seeing this. There's still not a gun range in the city of Chicago for folks who are legal gun owners. In fact, the ban on handguns wasn't struck down until 10 years ago. Well, almost 11 now, 2010. And again, in the decade since, the city of Chicago has done everything it can to try to prevent a culture of lawful gun ownership from being established and taking root in that city. And the culture of unlawful gun ownership, well, that's still going strong. Carjackings are soaring in Chicago. Not from legal gun owners, but people who illegally possess a firearm. Pushing gun ownership into the shadows. Making the exercise of our right to keep and bear arms an illegal activity. Doesn't get rid of guns. Doesn't get rid of gun owners. It might change who those gun owners are. It will very likely lead to a rise in violent crime, not a decrease. Senate Bill 264 is bad for California on multiple levels. And again, if you're a California gun owner, I hope that you'll be contacting your state senator, your assembly member, and urging them to oppose Senator Men's draconian gun show ban. All right, now let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, as well as our recidivist report. We're going to start there with a story out of Youngstown, Ohio, where a uh, 28-year-old man, Ronnie Edwards, back in the Mahoning County Jail, on charges of possession of cocaine, possession of drugs, possession of drug paraphernalia, after members of the vice squad served a warrant at his uh, home uh, earlier this week. Police say uh, that they found crack cocaine, Oxycontin pills, powder cocaine, methamphetamine, marijuana, naloxone strips, digital scales, and over $1,000 cash. So this is not a case, uh, it sounds like anyway, of um, a guy just, you know, stocking up to have a good time this weekend, right? This wasn't for personal use as much as it was for uh, trafficking. Uh, And this would not be the first time that uh, Ronnie Edwards has been charged with Drug trafficking actually was October of 2019 in Mahoning County. He was uh, charged with uh, being a felon in possession of a firearm, two counts of aggravated trafficking in drugs, trafficking in heroin, as well as trafficking in cocaine. Did you know what happened in that sentence? First, he posted $15,000 bond, just $15,000 bond, and then he walked out. And then he took a plea deal. Yeah. Three years in prison. But with time off for good behavior, he would only have to do a year behind bars for being a felon in possession of a firearm, trafficking in methamphetamine, and trafficking in cocaine. One year. Three felonies. And apparently even that was too much. Sentencing in that case, by the way, has not yet taken place. February the 10th is when Edwards is supposed to, no relation, by the way, is when Edwards is supposed to be sentenced for the uh, felon possession charge, for the meth trafficking, for the uh, heroin trafficking charge. Or excuse me, cocaine trafficking, not meth. That, that's coming up. If he had actually managed to keep his nose clean for just a few more weeks, he probably would have gotten a nice sweetheart slap on the wrist and he would have been out before long. Uh, instead, Ronnie Edwards is um, now facing the revocation of his bond and uh, more charges, and he's probably, uh, well, he's, 
he's it sounds like he's already pleaded guilty. He's just awaiting sentencing. I would like to think that the possibility of Edwards getting out after just a year behind bars is now off the table. But honestly, I don't have any confidence in stating that. So we're going to put a pin in this story. We'll circle back on or around February 11th. Sentencing is February 10th. So we'll, we'll, we'll circle back around February 11th and see what happened to the sweetheart plea deal that had been offered to Ronnie Edwards. Uh, today's Armed Citizen story from the uh, great state of Missouri, where the uh, sheriff in uh, Greene County says a homeowner shot and killed a suspect in a home invasion early Thursday morning. KYTV said the break-in took place around 4 a.m. in Willard, Missouri. Uh, Green County Sheriff's deputies called to the home for a report of a burglary in progress. When they got there, deputies found a man dead inside the home. Homeowner told investigators that the man broke into his residence and he was forced to uh, shoot the attacker in self-defense. Deputies say the uh, homeowner um, appears to be acting in self-defense. He was being treated for minor injuries. There were two other people inside the home uh, that were not injured. We'll keep an eye on that case, give you any more details as they become available. Finally today, our good deed of the day from Lexington, Massachusetts, where police were able to uh, extricate a family from their burning home uh, early on uh, Friday morning. It was about 4 o'clock this morning. Flames broke out at a home on Maple Street, according to uh, CBS in Boston. Police said a neighbor called 911, and while firefighters were on their way, two police officers from the Lexington PD uh, arrived on scene. So they got there before the fire trucks were, were, were there. They confirmed the house was on fire, started banging on the doors, uh, managed to wake up the family, help the residents as well as the pets get outside of that home. Uh, according to CBS in Boston, it appears the fire actually started outside of the residence and then traveled up the back of the home into the attic. So not, not sure how that fire started, but uh, thankfully, again, uh, police in the right place at the right time. The two police officers actually taken to the local hospital for treatment of smoke inhalation, but they are going to be okay. But in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing at risk to their own life. I wish I knew the names of these officers, but I don't yet. Hopefully we'll get that information at some point too, but we do thank them. They're very, very good deed. Now that is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. Um, I do have a programming note. I don't know how many of you are going to watch this now that we're at the end of the show. But, um, you know, I explained about the deer hitting the car. We're down to one truck. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, Monday, actually Sunday of next week, a couple days from now, we are supposed to have a major, for Central Virginia anyway, a major winter storm come through. They're talking five to eight inches of snow, uh, some ice. So it is entirely possible that I am not going to be able to get down to the studio on Monday to be able to do a program feel bad about that. So what I'm going to do, is we've got actually got a, a special bonus interview uh, coming up. It'll, it'll probably be posted either Friday evening, maybe Saturday morning. Uh, but we're going to be talking with Ryan Petty. Ryan's daughter, Elena, murdered at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida in 2018. And we're going to talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene the member of Congress, Second Amendment advocate, part of the 2A community, 
who has said that that school shooting was a false flag operation, along with Sandy Hook. She said that the Las Vegas shooting was actually uh, a, a plot by gun control activists. Yeah, I know. Um, I want to talk with Ryan about this. And Ryan has agreed to sit down and um, discuss his thoughts on what we've heard from uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and, and, and what, you know, he believes should happen here. I'm not interested in, in uh, cancel culture. I'm not interested in trying to proclaim myself the emperor of the Second Amendment community and ousting people. But at the same time, I don't want to avoid topics like this. As uncomfortable as they might be for the 2A community, I think we have to talk about this. So that's what we're going to do with uh, Ryan Petty. Look for that interview coming up again either uh, Friday evening or uh, over the weekend uh, at uh, Town Hall Media on YouTube, Barry and Arms Cam and Company on Rumble, or again, uh, if you like the audio version, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. You can find that there as well. We certainly do appreciate your support. Thank you so much for being a part of the program today. I hope you have a great weekend. We'll be back, if not Monday, definitely on Tuesday. I promise. Until we talk again, be well, be safe, and be free.